everyone. Welcome to Born Again, the podcast that leads you to the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining me as I go through readings on the spirit and mind. One thing I would really like to do on this podcast is introduce you to readings that I think have a profound insight and a precise path to salvation. And not just that, but amazing testimonies, path to faith, and journeys. That when they share them with you, you will be able to follow in their footsteps and reflect upon your spiritual life and start living your life with faith today. Today's book is going to help us with all of those things. I've chosen a book that I have been reading lately, and I have to tell you that as I read through a chapter each week, I gained so much hope and clarity in my personal life. I created book clubs and invited my friends to read this book with me. This author is extremely personal and gives an epic breakdown of the major storylines in Genesis and how they foreshadow and relate to the overarching will of God for humanity and the intricacies behind the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read from his incredible book, Notes on Genesis 1, his lectures on Genesis that ran in the New York Times and LA Times bi-weekly for two years. Pastor Park is the founder of the International Youth Fellowship, IYF. He is an educator providing guidance through spiritual life to many youth to become leaders of tomorrow. Today, we are going to read the first chapter of his lectures on Genesis. Preface Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb and said, Thy brother will rise again, take ye away the stone. But Martha replied, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus' words of, Lazarus will awake for he is sleeping, are completely different from Martha's thoughts that he is already rotting and stinks, and hence completely unable to rise again. Ultimately, Jesus' words were right because Lazarus did come back to life. In the Bible, the thoughts of man differed completely from the thoughts of God whenever they met and conversed with one another. Lazarus is said to be dead because man sees through his own standard. On the contrary, when he is seen through Jesus' standards, he was not dead, but merely asleep. Through the book of Genesis, God wants to crumble our standards and instill within us his standards. The earth was without form, void, and in deep darkness, but the earth became bright, bloomed with flowers, was filled with birds flying, and became a paradise when the word of God came upon it. Even now, God wants to create a beautiful world where flowers bloom and fruits are born in our heart, which is like the earth that was without form, void, and in darkness. Nevertheless, many people do not accept this will of God. They only insist, I have too many sins. I am absolutely hopeless. I have nothing but despair. Still, there is hope, power, and light inside of Jesus. Furthermore, there is life and there is love. Now, as we read Genesis together, verse by verse, through this book, we will discover the heart of Jesus within the words. Although it is a love that cannot be understood with man's thoughts, if we accept this love that is inside of Jesus, and although it is a power we cannot understand, if we accept this power by faith, God will work exceedingly. We are dirty, filthy, and evil, but Jesus is holy, true, and righteous. We need to accept the righteousness of Jesus because we do not have righteousness. However, many people do not realize this and try to become righteous with their own efforts. For such people, 
Genesis expounds the principles of spiritual life in great detail. I am so thankful and overwhelmed that the notes on Genesis which ran in the New York Times for two years have been brought together to be published as a book. I would like to thank the people of the New York Times who helped these messages run bi-weekly for two years. I cannot forget the first Bible crusade we had at Madison Square Garden in 2006 through the fervent request of the readers of the notes on Genesis. Through its success, we have been continuing to have Bible crusades at Madison Square Garden every year, and I saw many people listening to the word, gaining the assurance of being born again and rejoicing. All of this has happened through the will of God who loves the English-speaking souls, and we believe that God will work beautifully through this book as well. If the readers of this book one by one throw their standards away and accept the word of God and enter into the word, the world of God will be formed in their hearts to lead them to the beautiful life of blooming flowers and bearing fruit. July 12, 2008, Pastor, Good News Gangnam Church, Oksu Park. Chapter 1. He was bruised for our iniquities. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 Genesis is the world of our heart. When we read Genesis, we see that there is truly a precious spiritual secret of God there. I have read Genesis many times throughout the years, and I used to simply think, Ah, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form, was void, and was in darkness. But one day, I was amazed while reading Genesis. Genesis was actually talking about the world of our heart. The earth in Genesis chapter 1 was without form, was void, and was in deep darkness. Tens of thousands of years had passed by in that darkness. When God saw this earth, he thought, Why is it so dark? Why doesn't it have any life? Why is there no light? And was not pleased with what he saw. God began to speak to the earth because he wanted the earth to bloom with flowers, bear fruit, and overflow with love and hope. Let there be light. Let the waters above the firmament divide from the waters below the firmament. Let the earth bring forth the herb yielding seed and the tree yielding fruit whose seed is in itself. Let the fowl fly in the open firmament and let the fish swim in the waters. The earth changed into the image God wanted as his words came upon it. While reading the Bible one day, I discovered that this was exactly like the change that came upon my heart. When the light of the word came upon my heart. I had long been bound inside of sin, but I had all of my sins washed away and became born again through the Holy Spirit one autumn day in 1962. I used to sing, Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away, only with my lips, but it became a praise in my heart. I was freed from sin and had true liberty from the day I had all of my sins washed away. There was no hope in my life whatsoever before this. There was no light. Just as the earth was locked inside of darkness for tens of thousands of years and flowed towards darkness, I too was born in darkness, and my heart 
only continue toward darkness until I saw the light of God. What is darkness? Distrust, hatred, spite, dissipation, lust. Such things are all within the power of darkness. I had tried to defeat the darkness myself, and I tirelessly tried and struggled not to sin. However, it did not work no matter how hard I tried because the power of darkness was so great. Even though I prayed, God, forgive this sin and do not allow me to sin today. Countless times, I could not be freed from the power of darkness, the power of sin. But one day, the light of the word of God entered my heart. This light cast out the darkness. This did not happen through me laboring and defeating the power of darkness. I could not cast out the darkness without light. Hatred could not be cast out without love. And despair could not be cast out without hope. Love, light, hope. These things belong to the light. And the things that belong to the darkness, such as despair and sinfulness, all departed when the light of the word came upon my heart. I saw the word of God changing me in an amazing way as it entered my heart. The word of God would enter my heart from time to time when I would read the Bible, and it would change my life little by little. I once read, When you are bidden, sit down in the lowest room. Then he that bade thee will make you sit in the highest room. I would always strain to sit in places higher than others before this, but after this moment, I always tried to sit in the lowest room. Then I could see God exalting me. There is no change when the word of God is accepted simply as knowledge or theory. Change arises when it is accepted into the heart by faith. It was so amazing to see the light enter my heart and destroy darkness, to see love enter and destroy hatred, to see hope enter and destroy despair, and to see joy enter and destroy sadness. It hurts, but I'm healed. I suffered much from a gastric ulcer a few years ago. I lost about 7 kilograms in 3 months. I would have diarrhea whenever I ate. I chewed one spoonful of rice a hundred times, but I would still get diarrhea. After about three months, I thought, I can't live like this. Because the medication would help only for a few days and then fail, I prayed before God. God, my stomach hurts so badly. Please heal my stomach. One day, while I was praying, a Bible verse came to mind. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark chapter 11 verse 24. The Bible said, Whatever you seek in prayer, believe that you have received it. I then had the heart, If that is so, since I just prayed to God to heal my stomach, if I believe that my stomach is healed, then it will be done. I thought in my heart, What should I do if I believe that my stomach is healed? Since it's completely healed, I should eat rice, spicy kimchi, a popular Korean dish, bean paste. However, I felt that if I did do this, my stomach would rupture and I would die. I thought, should I believe these words or just pass them by? If I did not believe in these words, it meant that I do not believe in the words of God at all. And I could not do that. I once again thought, Will I really die if I believe these words? The word of God says that if I believe, it shall be done according to my faith. 
Then if I die, it means that God lied. That cannot be. I will not die. I was able to have this assurance of faith in my heart. I prayed to God again. God, thank you. I believe you will hear my prayer. My stomach is completely healed. I believe that it is healed. My wife set the table for breakfast. She set up many different kinds of food because guests were over, and in one corner, she prepared a small bit of porridge, some soy sauce, and a few pieces of pickled beef. I did not eat them that day, but I finished an entire bowl of rice. My wife was surprised as she walked by. Honey, what are you doing? I smiled and said, I'm completely healed, to my wife. I put down the spoon after breakfast, but my stomach hurt so badly all of a sudden, I could not bear it. I ran to the bathroom. Diarrhea gushed out of me. My stomach hurt so much and it was extremely painful. Right then, I heard a voice inside of me. Hey, you don't even have faith. Your stomach might rupture and you might die if you continue this. You get diarrhea even with porridge and you think you are going to be okay doing this? However, surely this was not the voice of God, but the voice of Satan because it went against the words of God who said, Believe that which you have sought in prayer, then it shall be done. It was the voice of Satan. I said, No, my stomach is completely healed in my heart. Then I heard another voice. Hey, if you are healed, then why does it hurt? If it's healed, then it's not supposed to hurt. It hurts and it's healed? Is this what you call being healed? I had nothing to say. I thought about it again. I had nothing to say. I thought about it again. No. My stomach hurts now, but the Bible says that if you believe that you have received what you're seeking for in prayer, then it shall be done. I believed that my stomach was healed, and he said that it would be healed if I believed. My stomach is healed. It hurts now, but it is healed. Although I was having diarrhea, I had assurance in my heart that my stomach was healed because it was the promise of God that my stomach would be healed. I had another bowl of rice for lunch. Again, I had diarrhea. Nevertheless, I believed in the promise without a single doubt in my heart, regardless of such a circumstance. That evening, someone invited me to dinner, which was at a hotel buffet restaurant. It had 350 kinds of food, and I thought, since my stomach hurts, I'm only going to have some porridge as I entered the restaurant. Then I thought, oh yeah, I'm completely healed. I cleared five plates that evening. I was so full that I had a difficult time driving and coming back home. I did not have diarrhea that night. When I woke up the next morning, I felt extremely comfortable inside. My stomach was completely healed. This was because of the promise of God. Such incidents deeply led my heart from believing in my experiences or in myself to believing in God. Before I was born again, I could not refrain from my thoughts, even if they were opposite from the word of God. I spent much time in confusion thinking, well, the word is right, but the circumstances are like this. I could not stand in faith. The problem with spiritual life is that you listen to the words of God, but you listen to the voice of Satan at the same time. The two voices enter you and the latter keeps you from going one way or the other. The change that was upon me after I received the forgiveness of sin was that I was able to believe more and more in the word of God, no matter what the circumstances were. Would there be light simply because God said, let there be light? 
on this earth which was without form, void, and in deep darkness. But amazingly, although we do not understand how, light was there because it was God who spoke. When he said for the water above the firmament to divide from the waters below the firmament, it did so. It was done according to the word of God. Whether I understood it or not, I saw that the word of God lived and worked in my heart when I believed in the word of God. Laid on him the iniquity of us all. A few days ago, I met a precious person and preached the gospel to him over dinner. I would like to introduce a Bible verse to you. He was joyful and said that he would like to accept. I read Isaiah chapter 53 to him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 5 and 6. He and I were talking about something else, so I was worried that he would feel awkward and would not be accepting if I spoke about the Bible. But unexpectedly, his eyes widened. The Bible says that Jesus was wounded with thorns for our transgressions and that he was bruised for our iniquities. It says that God has laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. This is the word of God. In the word of God, it says that all of our sins have moved on to Jesus Christ. It means that it was we who sinned, but it is not our responsibility. Jesus must take the responsibility, and he has to take care of it. According to this promise recorded in Isaiah, Jesus bore our sins, was crucified, shed his blood, and died. But you sinned. That is what the Bible says, but thoughts different from the Bible rise in us. But I'm still a sinner because I sinned. Jesus was crucified, but my sins are probably not cleansed. Other sins may be washed, but not this one. This is what Satan tells you. God told Adam and Eve, If you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. But Satan said the exact opposite. You will not surely die. The day you eat it, you will become like God. Satan is the same even today. Sadly, Adam and Eve believed the words of Satan rather than the word of God and ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Although there are clear words of promise in the Bible, there are many people today who hear those words and then make their decision based on their own judgment. The Bible says, The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. But Satan says, But you are a sinner because you sin. That is why when a person hears these two things, he thinks of himself and comes to the conclusion. Jesus was crucified for my sins, but I am a sinner because I sin. They try to live a spiritual life with a conclusion completely different from the word of God. Jesus was tempted by Satan in Matthew chapter 4. The difference between when Adam was tempted and when Jesus was tempted was that Adam made the decision himself after he heard the voice of God and the voice of Satan. However, Jesus said, this is what is recorded in the word of God, no matter what Satan said. Jesus did not add his own opinions whatsoever. When Satan said, make these stones into bread, Jesus did not consider whether that was a good thing to do or not. He simply said, this is what the word of God says. Only the word of God was living inside of Jesus. According to the word. Receiving forgiveness of sin and becoming born again is not through us doing something or putting forth effort. Sin cannot be forgiven through our own effort. It is impossible to wash away sins through our strength. 
If it were possible, God would not have sent Jesus. Jesus would not have been crucified. Because we could not take care of our sins, God sent Jesus and had him crucified on the cross. The Bible says, The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God laid all of our sinfulness upon Jesus Christ. If so, no matter what sin we commit or what life we live, all of our sins have been moved on to Jesus. There is no sin in us. Jesus is responsible for washing away all of our sins. It is something Jesus has to take care of. It has nothing to do with us. We change when the word of God enters us. It is not that we should labor to have our sins washed away or cast our despair, sadness, and distrust. We only need to accept the word of God into our heart. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus was crucified not for his sins, but for ours. If our sins had not moved on to Jesus, he would not die for us. God passed our sins on to Jesus even before we were born, and Jesus received the punishment for our sins. If so, then our sins are cleansed. How cleansed are they? 70%? 80%? 90%? No, 100%. Jesus completely washed our sins clean at the cross. This is what the Bible is telling us. Satan deceives us into feeling as if there is still sin in us, as if our sin had not been washed away. You may have the memory of committing sin. You may feel guilty in your conscience. You may be suffering from sin. Anyhow, according to the Bible, your sins have been moved on to Jesus, and he received the punishment for all your sins. That is why the Bible says that we are righteous, that we are clean. One thing we have to do. Now there remains one thing we must do. Will you believe in your own thoughts, or will you believe in the word of God? Everyone, I hope that you will throw your thoughts away and believe in the word of God that says, The blood of Jesus has completely cleansed your sins and has sanctified, justified, and purified you. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The word testifies, although you have done such evil and wickedness, you have been cleansed, sanctified, and justified within the grace of God. Believing in God is not believing in your own thoughts, but believing what the word of God says, that your sins have been washed away, and that you have been sanctified and justified. Judging for yourself upon hearing the word of God and the voice of Satan as Adam did is not true faith. The 66 books of the Bible are the word of God. If these words come to you by faith, the word will cast away the doubt in you, cast away the sin, and cast away the despair to lead you to a joyful, blessed life. Everyone, Notes on Genesis 1 is the name of the book by Pastor Oksu Park. It has been amazing reading this chapter. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to read through the rest of this book. I hope this reading blessed you. Uh, you can get your own copy on Amazon. Email me with the biggest lessons and takeaways from this chapter. When you're reading along, go ahead and email me so I can see all the learnings you are gaining. Follow and learn about how you can believe in the Word of God and obtain that true faith in the work of Jesus. Thank you everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.